0: Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate.
1: Say you don't need no diamond rings, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you
2: want the kind of things that money just can't buy. I don't care too
3: much for money.
2: Money can buy me love.
0: This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host Drew
2: Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here, Money, Riches, and Wealth, and tonight's co-host, Christopher John O'Shea, Christopher. And you're good to be with you every week. It's somebody new for you every week. Somebody's a new. Uh, sometimes we have a repeat, but that's rare. So uh, you, are, you are the repeat. <clears throat> I guess I am. I'm a repeater. Anyway, we are on an open show tonight, Chris. We uh, make our listeners the guests. They get to call in, ask the direction of the conversation. So if you want to direct the conversation, now's the time to call in. Those that call in early, they always get the most amount of time. 410-922-6680. 410 410- is the way to call and ask your question. And it can be anything. You know, you want to talk about Social Security and Medicare? We're here to talk to you about Social Security and Medicare. You want to talk about your 401k? We'll talk about your 401k. You want to talk about Roth IRAs? We'll talk about Roth. You want to talk about auto home life, long-term care, something of that sort? You know, we'll talk about that. If you want to talk about estate planning or tax planning, you know, tax preparations right around the corner. You know, if you, whatever your topic is, if it deals with your money or your personal finance, we are here to help you with it. 410-922-6680 is the way to call in. 410-922-6680. And early birds, they get the biggest worm. So, 410-922-6680. And today, Chris, uh, the Federal Reserve, I mean... <laughs> they made you happy, <laughs> not they're 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 an amazing group of individuals they uh they go to bed at night really believing in themselves and yet they haven't been right i don't think jeremy powell's uh uh, fed reserve team has been right since he's been in office uh you know he started to raise rates in what 17 18 trump starts to scream at him next thing you know he's caving on interest rates and then the uh pandemic comes and he did the right thing he uh he lowered interest rates and started to expand money supply uh, to uh, deal with the hole in the economy that was being made. And which but was which he,
3: was truly impressive.
2: Which was. And in I mean, March you know, of
3: 2020, I, it was a pr- truly impressive bit of uh, yeah, maneuvers.
2: Yeah. So there were things you had to do at that moment in time. But then he kept expanding the hole. And expanding the whole and putting more money out in the system and more money and more money. And it's, and he gets to 2022 and he says, well, you know, this inflation that's happening, it's just transitory. So we're not really all that concerned about it. Two weeks, a month later or so, he's, he's now become the great inflation fighter. And uh, to this day now, he's still fighting inflation, even though inflation has come down significantly. And the only thing he can affect is the demand side of the curve. He can't affect the supply side of the curve. Actually, he demolishes the supply side doing the crazy things that he's doing now. So we'll see. I expect him to be making a disaster right now. Hmm. Anyway, you got to call her online, Chris.
3: We do. Let's go to Steve, and we've got Joe right after him. We've got Steve right now in Pennsylvania. Steve, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, yep. listen, I got a quick question. Um, my wife wants to retire. Uh, She'll be 70 in July. Is it better for her to wait until the end of the year to retire or any time of the year? It doesn't matter for tax purposes.
2: I mean, there's there's no difference from a tax point of view. The only thing that will happen, Steve, is that if she retires in July, she'll have withholding from her paycheck for half of a year. And then the second half of the year, she won't have that same withholding, but she might be getting Social Security. She might be getting a pension check. She might be withdrawing from IRAs. So your withholdings are going to be out of whack. And so the the key thing you want to do is, if she retires in July, do an estimated tax analysis to see where your withholdings need to be by the end of the year to make sure you're not surprised in April. And that norm, that's what normally happens to people who blindly – you know, retire in the middle of the year without doing some estimated analyses on, on the way. But no, there is no significant tax difference. Uh always she also should who who carries the medical insurance, her or you?
0: Well she does, and that's one big issue for us too.
2: Yeah, well you should be on Medicare and uh you will be on Medicare when she retires. She should retire on like July second, whatever day whatever month she retires she, retired, she should retire on like the second day of the month so that you get a full month of medical insurance from the company you retire from. Um, uh, and uh, when you do, you also have to get an L564 signed by the company saying that she's been carrying medical insurance for you that you're going to have to take to Social Security to make sure they don't penalize you for Medicare Part B when you go to sign up and you're no longer 65 years of age. You get an eight-month special enrollment period with no penalty.
0: Well, I understood there was supposed to be like a three months ahead of time you got to let them know you're retiring or
2: something. No, I mean, you have three months to let them know, no earlier than three months, but you can let them know eight months after you retire if you want to without penalty. I would suggest you do it the month before. Uh, her medical insurance will end. So she retires on July 2nd. Her medical insurance should end on July 31st. And therefore, the uh, Medicare should be notified in June that you want to start Medicare on August 1.
0: I know her insurance renews in the 1st of July or something like that. So I don't know if if she decides to stay until December. I guess, you know, we still have the medical coverage because they take it out of our paycheck every week or every two weeks. Yeah. But,
2: that's you know, fine, and then you can wait and join Medicare in January of uh, of twenty twenty five. Either way, no, it's your decision. You know,
0: right? Yeah, I just thought I've had people tell me it's always better to, to retire in December, so makes it easier I, on the tax.
2: I have no idea why they say that. You know, I, I mean, don't <laughs> you know,
0: too new at it, so I don't know either. <laughs>
2: All right. I got to go, Steve. Great question. You. you take Appreciate care and we're going to go to traffic with applause. We'll be right back. Money, Riches and Wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, social security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you will experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410 410- 823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference.
0: Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM.
2: We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're here on an open show. That means our listeners are our guests. They get to direct the conversation. 410-922-6680 if you want to call in and ask a question. 410-922-6680 if you want to call in. Anything dealing with money, personal finances, whatever. Social Security, Medicare, elder care, estate planning, taxes, Pensions, insurance, company benefits, if it has to do with your personal finances, we're here to help you and answer those questions for you. Um,
3: so, Chris. Uh, yeah, we've we got have... Steve in Pikesville. Let's go to him. I'm Joe. sorry, we got Joe. Joe, Joe in Joe Pikesville. Pikesville. Pardon me, Joe. Uh, welcome to the program.
1: Yes, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, thanks for waiting. A uh, couple of questions. Question number one, I am um, about 68 years old. And um, I have some stocks which have uh, run up and uh, a lot of gains on them. And the question is, is there anything, any strategy to use that I could sell them and not get uh, really killed on the taxes on the sale of these stocks?
2: Are you charitably minded? Do you do Uh, a lot of charitable giving? Um, I do. Well, I what do you that's... do? Uh, 5000 a year, $10,000, $50,000? What?
1: Uh, About
2: uh, 10000 Okay. So one strategy that we use when people are charitably minded, we take a hunk of stock, put it in a donor advised fund, and you would get a tax deduction for the full market value of the stock, full market value of the stock, without paying taxes on all the gain in that stock. And so if you wanted to, you could fund five years of charitable giving, put $50,000 worth of appreciated stock in, take $50,000 tax deduction. Um, That's just one strategy you can do. Um, A couple others is uh, you can donate the stock to a direct indexing fund. And uh, instead of owning one highly appreciated stock, you could own a diversified pool of uh, S&P 500 stocks and uh, and defer the gain on something like that. You can also put it into an exchange fund, uh, which does something similar. But you, in an exchange fund, you buy into a pool of stocks of other highly appreciated stocks that others had, had contributed to it. So there are strategies out there, Joe, that you can use. It just depends on what your goals and objectives are.
1: Giving to the children.
2: You can give to children how old are your children?
1: My children are anywhere between 21 and 40.
2: So the 21 year old are they still in college? Yes. Have you ever been is your adjusted gross income over $200,000 or under 200,000? Under. Under. So do you get the American opportunity credit of Of 2,500 a year when you when you file your tax return for that uh, student? When I
1: file the tax return for that student?
2: Well no, when you do the tax return if that students on your return do you get an American opportunity credit of $2,500 off your tax return?
1: Okay, okay. Do you? Do you? No I don't. I never heard of that.
2: Really? I mean it's been around for about 15 years or so.
1: Has never told me about
2: it. Well, if your income's over, if your income's 180 or higher, you're not going to get it. It's got to be below 160 to get the whole thing. And you only get a pro rata piece if it's between 160 and 180. So another strategy we use if your income is not allowing you to get the American Opportunity Credit is we'll take the stock, we'll donate it to the kid in college. The kid in college will sell the stock. The kid in college then will take the American Opportunity Credit, and when they take the American Opportunity Credit, they'll wipe all the capital gains out of the stock. So there are strategies you can use. It just depends on what are your circumstances, what are you trying to accomplish, how much stock is it, et cetera, et cetera. All right.
1: Okay, great. Then
2: uh, just uh, you know, questions? we don't have enough time, and to really understand <clears throat> your situation, I'm just telling. There are strategies out there, Joe. All right? Okay. Okay. All right. I got to run. I got to go to my next caller because I'm going to run into a hard break here in a little, and I won't get to Lynn and Air. So let's okay, go talk you. to Lynn and Air. Thanks, Bel-Air. Joe.
3: Thanks for calling, Joe. All right. Uh, okay. We do have Lynn. Hi. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Thank you. Um, my question is I've seen different amounts mentioned about how much you have – should have saved before retirement and i'm just wondering because i've seen things like seven times your salary and there's no way i'm ever going to get seven times my salary saved up but i really want to retire so is there uh, approximately an amount that someone should have saved
2: i mean you know that's a that's a bs number i guess is a way to call it you know oh good I, you know i mean i mean uh, you know it's just uh people throw that kind of stuff out there to attract your attention, you know, and get you to read their article and so forth. The only way to do it, Lynn, is to sit down and say, how much do I need to live on and how much do I need to live on for the rest of my you know, life and what kind of things do I want to do in retirement and what kind of uh, Social Security am I going to get and what kind of pensions am I going to get and how much money do I have accumulated? Um, you know, so th- those and then and then you put it and we use a very powerful program called Money Guide Pro which does a full analysis of this and lots of simulations of what if this happens, what if that happens. And uh, that's the way that it should be done. There is no magical number that if you have, you know, I mean, if you have 150 times your your annual salary, I can assure you, you'll probably be able to retire.
3: But um, <laughs> well, I yeah, to give you the, for instance, just to interject. So I uh, saw some friends last week who had uh, he decided he wanted to retire at 50 and so he sold his house and he moved to uh lower alabama la as they call it and the cost of living down there is so much cheaper right All Right. so for him it was a whole different paradigm of you know versus if you're going to stay here and you know what money do you have and that sort of thing so it really depends
2: yeah when i do retirement seminars lynn that's a big uh, slide that i use and say if you're not really prepared for retirement and you're willing to move get the heck out of maryland because it's really expensive to retire in a state that's not tax friendly high cost of living and there's so many parts of the country that are lower cost of living and lower tax system. And right next door, Delaware. Lots of parts of Delaware are extremely cheap and incredibly tax efficient in Delaware. So, you know, those are some things to think about. Not not some magical number out there.
1: Okay. Well, that makes me feel better because there was no way I'm ever going to save that much money.
2: Are you willing to move?
1: Um, we considered it, but not. Quite at this time, with we still have all of our parents, and so,
2: well, you know, just just something in the future, just up the road in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of areas of Pennsylvania that are relatively cost effective, and it's a relatively easy state to live in, tax uh, efficiently, because they don't tax any income in retirement. Just don't die in Pennsylvania. That's the thing I'm telling you. (laughs) Don't die up there. All right. right. I think you're okay. All right. Take care. Bye. Chris, we're on an open show tonight, and that means that our listeners are our guests. They get to call in and ask the question that they want. And uh, whatever it is, if it deals with their money, we're here to answer it. And the way to call in is 410 922 6680. 410 922 6680. And we're going to be taking a break in about uh, 40 or 50 seconds. Uh, There's nobody online right now, right? There is not. I was just going to
3: follow up on Lynn's, you know, on, on the same token for her is that, you know, for some it may cost, it may take more than you think it will to retire, right? So, you know, how much of your retirement income is provided by Social Security? Or how much of your current spending? Take after tax, what is it, what do you, you know, and then get rid of... Social Security tax, which you won't be paying on Social Security, um, but look at what you're spending now, and then how much will your Social Security income, what percentage of that is of what you need to, to live on, and you've got to come up with that, either through part-time yep. jobs, uh, which is a big thing that can really help folks working part-time, and, All right. and we're Where? right out of time, aren't we?
2: We are out of time, so we got to go. We're on the open show, 410-922-6680. Take it away, traffic.
3: This is Drew Tignanelli,
2: and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you will experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410 410- 823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference.
0: back to more of money riches and wealth on talk radio 680 wcbm
2: we're back money riches and wealth here with christopher john o'shea and we're on an open show and uh, we've had some great callers calling with some great questions we only have a half a show left so if you want to get on the line and ask your question remember we only do this once a week so you have to wait a whole week if you don't get your question answered today you have four one zero 922-6680-410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question like cj is just about to do so chris cj hey cj
3: how are you
4: fine uh uh on talk to grew i just want to uh, before i answer my ask my question i just like to say if all the shows on the on the wcbm on financing I, I find your show the most informative to help the individuals.
2: I appreciate that, CJ. That's very kind of you to say that. We try to do that. That's our objective.
4: The the question which I have is, I hear a lot of talk about it, but uh, I've read some uh, background on it, but how do you actually set up the uh, ABLE account?
2: Uh, I think T. Price does the ABLE account, don't they, Chris? i'm almost Uh, positive so it's kind of like a 529 plan you go to the uh, custodian who's maintaining the able plans for the state of maryland and i think it's t-row price i've i've talked to many a client about possibly doing an able account but i've never done one actually i've never had to actually go and do one but chris is going to tell me in a second or two what the uh, maryland able account who's administering it and i as i say i think it's zero price just like the college savings plans but what do you got chris anything
3: uh yeah i'm i'm was saying create an account i'm looking down to see all the things on here for maryland able guide so uh f- Do you have anything
2: else you want to talk about, CJ? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, well that was the main thing, you know, on that setting it up, you know, as how you go about about the process of doing it. i got information on who qualifies and so forth, but can't find anything on um who to contact directly and and I didn't see what? anything there with the state of Maryland.
2: Yeah, you know, um, there's also a possibility that Maryland hasn't even set up an able account yet. That, that you know, like I say, I I've only talked to clients about doing it, and I think you he can actually set up an able account in any state. He doesn't have to set it up in the Maryland able account. He could set it up with any state's able. And uh, let me explain to the listeners what an able account is and why CJ's even asking about it. So if you had a handicapped uh, son or daughter and they were getting government benefits if they have more than $2000 those government's would be withheld until their assets drop back down below $2000 the able account allows them to have up to $100,000 um, and uh, that able account does not count against that 2000 so they could have a little bit of money that they could use for extras, luxury things as we like to call it. and um, But it wouldn't disqualify them for their government benefit. So that's uh, why CJ is asking about this. And uh, a lot of times we use it when like a, a grandparent passes away and they leave money down to their grandchildren, not thinking that one of them's on government assistance and all of a sudden they're no longer eligible for government assistance because grandma or grandpa just left them fifty thousand dollars. So an able account's a good way to swallow that up and keep them eligible for uh, government assistance. Chris, did you find anything?
3: Yeah, the Maryland ABLE accounts, it's sum, S-U-M-D-A-Y, someday.com. So I just go about to create an account. There's all sorts of information. If you just Google Maryland ABLE account, it'll bring you to that. So... Um, who, who
2: administers it? Is it, it's not T. Rowe? Must be somebody else. It's obviously. somebody
3: else. And that's what I'm, uh, that's my next question now. that I'm saying here is, wh- who's, who's the administrator? How's that, uh,
2: CJ? Does that
4: help you? Well, I got that information on, you know, just all the information on that, but I've not Vestwell
3: state savings. Go
4: back to, uh, you know, um, the hand when, when you have to set it up. Um, that's the problem I, I was having, and I'm saying, guess I would have to apply to uh, T Rowe Price and see if they have anything.
2: Well, they don't. That's what Chris is saying is that uh, I think that was an original talk that they were going to be the one, but it sounds like they hired this Vestwell State Savings to set it up. And so yeah, so, that's it, to, so
3: it's Vestwell State Savings, LLC, doing business as someday administration. That's who's that's who's doing it.
2: That's who it's administering. Right now, Maryland's kind of PO'd at T. Rowe Price because of you know their prepaid plan going down the tube. So... Uh, um, it's not surprising that they're using the ABLE account somewhere else. All
4: right, that was Sunday. What was that last, please?
2: Sum, so, S-O-M-D-A-Y. No, is that what you say, Chris?
3: S-U-M-D-A-Y. S-U-M. S-U-M. Oh, wow. S-U-M-D-A-Y.com.
2: Okay. Thank you very much for your help. All right, CJ. Take care. All right, sir. Yeah. Now we're going to go to Tim in Bolt. And
3: then we've got Will and Mike, so we'll get to you uh, quickly here. Hi, Tim. Thanks for waiting. Welcome to the show.
0: Yes. um, uh, uh, On the morning show, uh, Drew was mentioning um, that LLCs and um, maybe other companies had to do certain reporting of beneficial members or...
2: Ownership information, information, BOI, beneficial ownership information good way to get information about this is a Google search is B-O-I FinCEN. B-O-I, Boy Oscar Indian, FinCEN, F-I-N-C-E-N. And uh, do you have an LLC or a corporation, Tim?
0: Yes, several.
2: Okay. Well, every one of them, if you're a 25% or greater owner, you're going to have to go on and do a B-O-I on every single one. And you're going to have to upload a driver's license with them. It's relatively simple; just follow the directions. Uh, pretty straightforward, but it's a you know it's a it's a nuisance. It's a pain in the neck, and and the government's never going to really use it uh, as adequately as they can, you know. But you got to do it. Five hundred some dollars a day penalty if you don't, yeah. and you have until you have until January first of 2025 to do it.
0: Okay, it, so it, it, it pertains to any chartered entity then, correct?
2: Any entity that filed a uh, articles with a state uh, secretary of state. So LLCs, corporations, if you're a sole proprietorship, you don't have to do it. But if you're an LLC or corporation, you definitely have to do it for 25% or greater ownership interest. And if you started your LLC this year, 2024, you only have until March 31st to do it. You have ninety ninety days from the day your LLC was uh, established with the state to uh, file that, um, and then and then the rest of us who had a company before 24, we have until January 1, 2025, to to get it done. I I say you know just get it done. Don't wait yeah, until it, January it, 1. Not, it can't be that difficult.
0: So is this is this something being mandated or has been mandated by the the federal government or is this both state and federal this is this is
2: joe baby joe baby implemented right, this in the corporate transparency act of 2021 and it's just now getting implemented once they got all the kinks out of it and so forth and got it all digitally online so okay. this is well, thank you very uh this is
0: for explaining that and I'll look that up and and take care of it I do appreciate it okay
4: yeah. All great. Right, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Take care. All right. Good All right. Good
3: call. We're going to well, we've got we got a break let's coming up, through. We've got a minute. Let's here. talk to Will. Let's, let's go to Will. Happens. Hi, Will. Thanks for waiting. Welcome to the show.
4: Hi. I was wondering if you uh, has ever asked somebody to hold off taking Social Security so you could fill up a tax bracket with the money from a Roth conversion.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we do that. Um, we, we like to wait to take Social Security so that we can do more and more and more Roth conversions. Because when you when you take Social Security, especially if your income's relatively low, other than Social Security, what's gonna happen is, every time you do a Roth conversion, you're gonna have phantom Social Security taxation, which blows your tax bracket out, which makes the conversion less beneficial. So you definitely wanna defer Social Security as long as possible, if you're using a, a Roth uh, conversion strategy, good question, but only, excellent.
4: But that's only. But that's only if, this, if just your income is low enough so that you wouldn't be paying taxes on Social Security anyway.
2: That's correct. Now, okay. if your incomes if your income's higher anyway, no matter what, you're in the hundred thousand range and you're paying Social Security tax. It doesn't matter when you take Social Security because it's not going to affect you that much. But it would, it would, it would push you possibly into a higher tax bracket. So you'd have to look at that. I mean, your question is excellent. That's what you're focused on: is keeping your tax bracket low when you're doing a Roth conversion. That's your key. Too much income will hurt you there. All right. Well.
4: Right. Well, yeah, I'm already in a 20% tax bracket
2: anyway. So. Yeah. All right, got to go. i got to get my okay, break in you. here. Will you, on an open... will,
3: you have just made his night, I will tell you that. With that kind of question, you have made his <laughs> night. So thanks for calling. We're on an open
2: show, 410-922-6680, 410 922 We're going to be right back with Mike after this Pause with Travis.
0: Back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBL.
2: If it wasn't awake before, Chris, I'm
3: awake now, so
2: thank Anita Anita's And he's getting us going there. She's there getting us go. going
3: there. Let's go to Mike in Baltimore. Yeah. Mike, thanks for waiting. Welcome to the show. Good
5: evening, fellas. How are you guys doing?
3: Great. What's up?
5: Good. My question is, I'm retiring before my wife. I'm four years older. it will probably be within the next year or so. And when she retires, we won't need her Social Security per se immediately. My question is: Can she collect Medicare and not collect Social Security, so that we could let the, you know, the years go by and get a bigger amount for Social Security?
2: Well, the answer is yes. You can at age sixty-five. You can sign up for some Medicare without. Uh, claiming Social Security that's all it's done quite often I did it myself actually Um, so um, that happens all the time but here's the question Mike who who has the higher income you or your wife
5: I I I do
2: so when are you gonna claim Social Security
5: probably let's say I let's say I retire next year
2: okay how old will you be I'll
5: be 60 I'll be 68 next year
2: 67 this year. So here's the key about Social Security and always remember this. The the, uh, the way to maximize Social Security is to understand your life expectancy. And so if you tell me when you're going to die and your wife's going to die, I'll tell you exactly the day to claim Social Security. Okay? The problem is <laughs> you don't know when you're going to die, right? right? right so right. you got to go with the statistics. Your Social Security is going to continue to either your wife or you no matter who's the survivor so if you maximize yours to age 70 your social security is going to keep paying out to either yourself or your wife no matter what and she's going to get the full amount of your age 70 benefit as long as you die after she's turned 67 or older. So as long as she's at least 67, she'll get 100% of your 70 benefit. Now her benefit is gonna totally disappear the minute one of the two of you pass away. So if you said to me, I wanna defer a social security check, I'm gonna defer your social security check cause that's the one I'm gonna keep going no matter who's alive. If you said to me, which one would I take a little you know lesser amount on i'm going to take it on hers i'm going to take hers at 65 66 or 67 because i don't want to take a chance that god forbid one of the two of you pass away and boom her whole social security account goes down the drain so i don't want to minimize it i don't want to take it too early but i don't want to wait much beyond 67 unless you really feel confident that the two of you are going to still be alive when you're like 88 90 years of age.
5: Yeah, not sure. I think hmm. So, but the point is we can't collect Medicare. Where does it Absolutely. You, how do you how Absolutely. Do you pay, how do you pay for it Just separately like right they, separate they send you they send, send
2: you a your bill. bill. Yep. They sent me a bill for a year and a half now and I've just started to collect social security. And so uh, it'll start coming out of my Social Security check now. But before, I got a bill. And every time I got a bill, I had to, uh, 30 days to pay it.
5: Oh, interesting. That way you can, you can let the years roll on and collect it. For example, I could wait till she's 70 and collect, right?
2: Yeah, sure. And you can do the same then, for yourself. And right, here's the cool I'll, thing. I'll
5: need, I'll need mine, though. That's the difference. I'll need mine.
2: Yeah, but, but you we know, won't, but we won't you have, run. I'm assuming you have other assets, right? A lot, yes, yes. Yeah, so but I, I would use those other assets. Draw, I, did, I did not want to draw from that, actually. Yeah, but you I, see, if you draw from those for just two years and maximize your social security so that you don't have to draw as many of those assets when you turn 70, you'll have far more assets at the end than you're going to have right now.
4: Uh yeah, that's,
5: that's uh, the other mindset would be that you're getting paid the, the previous years. In other words, if I collect look, now,
2: Look, I, you know, if you want to get into that argument, you're going to lose it. Trust me, I've done this too oh. many times. You know, if, so, you, if you factor in the tax considerations of what you're going to lose when you take that money at 68 and pay taxes on it, you're going to lose about 25% of that money every year. That you take it so don't think you're getting thirty or forty thousand dollars you're really only getting about you know uh twenty thousand twenty five thousand dollars after taxes and so forth so oh, and oh, so- and you've got the compounding of inflation on that higher amount of money but you know, if you want to do the analysis, you should you should really sit down and look at it with somebody who understands all the dynamics that's taking place in this. All right, I got to run because it, I got to get one more caller before uh, I
3: finish oh,
5: it's here very today. Oh,
2: interesting. Thank
5: you. Yeah, the
3: one thing we'll say to you, Mike, also is that your Social Security increase is eight percent a year for the two yeah, years right. that you would that you would let it uh, defer. So, it's a sixteen so, so percent increase.
5: A nutshell, in a nutshell, you say draw off of your assets first and try to delay the Social. Security
3: yeah, and, and
2: listen to and listen to what Mike was, um, what uh, whoever was asking Tim in Baltimore about um, uh, you know doing Roth conversions. You know that's, you know don't take your Social Security. Try to do more Roth conversions and and that, uh, and live off your assets. That's that's a powerful strategy. There,
5: powerful, all right. right I got to run. A whole, dip, a whole different light, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Yep. Okay, great. Thanks.
3: All right. Perfect. Okay, take yep. care. All right. We're going to wrap up with uh, Scott in Westminster. Scott, how are you? Good
6: evening, guys. Good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to defer the the Social Security as long as I can. I'm retired Army. I did 20 years and have lieutenant colonel retirement. Plus, I have 100% VA disability. I co-own an animal hospital, so I work there quite a bit. And another one, my wife uh, still works for the for the state troopers, and she's going to retire in a year or so. She's fifty-three. I'm fifty-two, but you know what? What we're getting in in some of our retirement plans right now, we don't have the option of the Roth. And I know the math of the Roth conversions, but I'm also looking at the fact that with mixed re- retirement and still working, this is our prime earning years. So when we're putting into her two retirement plans which are 30,000 a year each and me at almost 20 that's reducing our adjusted gross income in our prime earning years by $80,000 and uh, you get what I'm saying and and we also well
2: that's only part say, of the uh, equation so let me ask you a question where are you going to where are you going to retire are you going to retire in Maryland or are you going somewhere yeah,
6: else yeah we have our we have our retirement house and the practice is here and the kids are here so we're we're not going anywhere
2: So you're going to retire in Maryland, then, you know, if you're going to retire in Maryland, uh, you know, I don't care if you're reducing your income by $80,000. You need to look at the analysis to see that the Roth is going to be far more powerful than deferring your taxation right now. Because I assure you, Scott, 37% is the maximum tax rate today. That's going to seem like candy land in 10, 15 years from now, the way these politicians are going. Do the raw Think about it.
6: They're not not earning much right now. I'm making more in in, in, in CDs, uh, and the hope is that it'll start compounding and and growing again. But right now, it's not. I'm better off even at a 2.5% mortgage on my house, putting more in there, and not having a mortgage when I'm 60. than than What's the interest rate on
2: your mortgage? What's the interest rate? Um, yeah, I would never I, mean, I wouldn't pay I wouldn't pay a nickel down on that mortgage. I have a well, two and a half percent yeah. mortgage and I'm not paying a nickel principal on that because that mortgage is the greatest inflation fighter that I have in my portfolio. Period. Carte sure, blanche and, and there's nothing it's better. If
6: I can do that and the other things and I'm maxing out anyway, like I'm already maxing out on what I can do, I might as well do that also and, and not what, pay, pay down your, pay your debt any interest
2: pay down the debt? No, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But I understand. You do it your way. I'm just telling you what I would do. Anyway, I gotta go. I'm okay. finished for Thank the night. Help. Thanks, Scott. Right. <laughs> it was a great conversation. Sure. And, uh, and, you know, my job's to educate, Chris. My job's not to tell people what to do. Anyway, this a true Tignanelli thing. God bless.
1: Show them the way you feel
4: Things are going